Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here this evening to talk about relationships. And tonight's topic is, why do people stay in unhealthy relationships? So let me give you just a little bit of, of background. I am a clinician, and I work outside of Chicago in a thriving private practice. I do everything from depression treatment to trauma treatment, individual group um, therapy, and also help companies move their leadership forward. And so that's where my focus is. Yeah, my background is in corporate America. And here at Noel and Associates, I focus on life coaching, career counseling, mock interviews, resume consults, and things of that nature. All right, good show. So if you have questions tonight, our call in number is 323. 323- 693-3835, again, 323-693-3835. And if, if we're covering a topic that's sensitive for you or it hits home for you and you want to discuss it further, our office number is 630-428-2344. Give us a call and we can make an appointment for you and walk you through some steps maybe to, to change issues that are a little deeper than what we talk about on the radio show. Yep. Um, again, what we're talking about is suggestions that we don't fully know your circumstance, then we can't fully answer a question for you, but we definitely want to give you some food for thought in making some decisions in your relationships moving forward. Well, these are kind of just general guidelines that we're putting out there, but everybody's case is very specific to them, and we don't have all the details in your specific case or your life. Okay, so if you need some detailed help, like Dr. Will mentioned, feel free to give us a call at the office. Again, 630-428-2344. Absolutely. So a little bit um, tonight's topic is, is being pushed by the reasons that people come to me for treatment. For, for the first, um, one of the, the most important things that people come to me for is because they're unhappy in their relationship. Whether it's a friendship relationship, an intimate partner relationship, they're, they're not doing good with their kids, they don't like the job that they have, they come with some relational concerns that need to be worked out. And one of the biggest things I hear is, Listen, Doc, I'm in an unhealthy relationship. I know it's not good. I I often hear these relationships called toxic relationships. I hear people saying, I'm not happy, but I'm going to go ahead and say, so can you help me figure out how to make my unhealthy relationship work? And one of the things I started thinking about is, and I've been thinking about it for years, is why do people stay in unhealthy relationships? So I'll let you define for yourself what an unhealthy relationship is. But generally in an unhealthy relationship, basically neither party is happy or one party is super happy and the other party is not having their needs met. So if you find yourself in a position where you're not happy, you're, you're thinking constantly like, why am I here? What am I getting out of this situation? How do I, you know, do better than what I've got right now? Or what would be the next step to move on? Or will anybody want me if I lose this relationship? and you're probably in an unhealthy relationship. But that's a broad definition. You get the chance to define for yourself what, um, what an unhealthy relationship is. But more interestingly, why do people stay? So we've got a few tips to go through with you, but I'm going to go over some, some basic things that, some basic reasons that people stay in unhealthy, intimate relationships. One of them, and actually this can even go into work relationships too, like why do people stay at a job that's sick for them or, or not doing good for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the first things is the person is afraid to leave. You know, a person's in a relationship and you've invested time in that relationship and you know it, good, bad, or ugly, you know that relationship. 
And there's a lot of rhetoric or talk going on right now that there's no good girls or guys out there and that, like, everybody has a problem. You're not going to find the perfect person. So go ahead and stay in that relationship. So people basically have a fear that if I leave this relationship, I'm going into the great unknown, and that's worse than the bad things that I do know. Yes. I heard just the other day someone put in a phrase like this, the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, people just afraid. You know, I know this is bad, but this may look good, but it could be worse. So, it's gonna get afraid. Absolutely. So let's say, like, I have lots of people that come to me and say, when I get into a fight with my partner, they name call me. They drop the s bomb. They call me the b word. They say I'm not grateful. They say they don't feel respected. What? What? But I say because. I don't know what else is out there. And so that fear really holds people in, in superbly unfortunate and unhealthy relationships because they're afraid of what the next step is going to look like. The second thing is self-esteem. Lots of people are in relationships because they pick people that meet the qualities of their low self-esteem. So say a girl feels too big and she doesn't feel like some guy's going to want her. So then she'll just basically pick a guy, any guy, anybody will do, because self-esteem levels are low. And men do very similar things. Let's say you've had bad relationships and you feel like maybe you don't make enough money or maybe you don't look just the way you want to look, so you'll pick the, the lowest hanging fruit because it's easier than reaching for something larger than that. Yeah, and people sometimes, unfortunately, target people with low self-esteem because that's what, I don't have to change for this person, I don't have to be a better person for this person. Why? This person will let me do whatever I want to them, and they're okay with it because they're just happy that somebody wants them. Absolutely. So have you guys ever heard the phrase that half a man is better than no man at all? Both kinds I have of heard that phrase before. You know, and I always say to myself, well, who wants to have a man? I mean, like, right. that, that's not fun. But people feel like, well, if I get out there and I get something worse than I already have, then I lost. You know, it's a game. So the next reason that people say is finances. Maybe a person can't afford to leave a relationship. Maybe they don't make enough money to support their household individually. So you find couples that argue, fight, bicker over everything, but they say because maybe they found a bankruptcy together. Maybe they own property together, and if they separate, not either one of them can afford to pay for it, and they can't really afford to sell it because the loan is worth more than the house is, and so you have people that say. Maybe you have someone that's physically unable to work, so it's like, listen, if they leave, what are they going to do for health insurance? What are they going to do to eat? How are right. they going to pay the bill? That's, that's, that's absolutely it. Especially, you know, what all the stuff going on in health care now, that's, that's huge, right? Health is a big, big deal. And somebody's tied to health care, and the individual who wants to leave doesn't have their own health insurance, but their partner has health insurance, that is, could drive someone to stay in an unhealthy relationship, okay? Another one is this lifestyle. You know, together, that combined income, they can get a nicer house, more luxury vehicles, things of that nature. If they separate, guess what? The income, the household income drops. Now the lifestyle happens. They not, may not be willing to do that. So maybe you like to eat at four star restaurants, right? right? But a breakup with me may be eating at home, right? Eating at two star restaurants, <laughs> and it's better to be able to go out and get a steak for some people than it is to not argue and not be able to get a steak. But maybe you're eating a hamburger, right? You know, this is real life, absolutely. So finances, um, belief system. Many of us have belief in a higher power, and, and in most religious organizations or groups, divorce is shunned upon. It's not something that people reach out and do. So maybe you get into a relationship that was good at first. Maybe you didn't know it was unhealthy at first, and then a year, two, five, 17 years into it, you find out you need out. But your belief system won't allow you to, to be out. So many people say, 
in relationships based on their belief system. And, you know, even in a, in a dating situation, some people have, you know, I'm a winner. I never fail. I succeed at everything. You know, I, I can't let this relationship fail. Why? I'm a winner. We're going to succeed. We are going to make this happen. Whether everybody's unhappy or not, we are going to stick it out. You know, that type of belief system. Winners never quit. Winners never quit. Only losers will back out, and I don't want to look like a failure. And let me say this to people. I am very conservative about relationships. I think salvaging relationships is very important. <laughs> However, I think it's also important to know when you're in an unhealthy relationship to start taking a stock of, you know, why Why do you say, why do I say when I'm not happy, he's not happy, I don't get what I need, he's telling me, you know, he doesn't get what he needs, you know, maybe you are doing something important. And he goes, listen, I don't feel respected. Wow, what, what am I supposed to do with that information? But you say because you need to or you feel like you have to. Time investment, you know, one, one thing about time investment is people feel like I put in 17 years, I put in five years, I put in nine years. What about all the time I helped her do homework or him do homework? What about the time I stroked his ego? If I give it all up now and some other chick or some other guy gets all the rewards of my investment. Sure. It's like, it's like truly like an investment. I've invested in this. You're waiting for the payout. You're waiting for the payoff. Okay, you want, you want to make sure all the dividends come back to you. But if you sell too early, you may not get the dividends. People will be looking at it like that. Absolutely. So they're concerned with that. And a lot of people are waiting for that change. In, in a 17-year relationship, in a 10-year relationship, in a 5-year relationship, you've seen ups and downs, so you keep feeling like it's going to go up, even though the boat keeps sinking and you keep crushing yourself. If the boat's sinking, why am I here? Well, there was that year back in 91 or 92 when we first met where I thought everything was going to be good. And then one day you wake up and realize it's not good and it may not ever be good, but you put so much into it that you're just afraid to pull out. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. The next thing is obligations. Like one of the things that I hear all the time from couples is, if I didn't have kids, this would be an easier decision to make. I'd just be able to leave. I could just go. I wouldn't have to worry about anything. But then you find out um, that even even though, you know, you thought things were going to get better. When you get the kid, you, you're not able to leave that situation. You're not able to go. You're not able to walk away from that situation. So people feel obligated to stay. Another reason people may feel obligations are maybe you took out loans together, or maybe it's not so much that, you know, maybe you feel like, listen, I've had a lot of people tell me I wanted to leave the relationship, but he or she threatens to commit suicide when, when I say that I don't want to be in the relationship. So, I say because I feel obligated that I don't want them to hurt themselves or I don't want to be the cause of someone's downfall. So you go ahead and stay in a relationship that's unhealthy, all the while knowing that this is a negative thing for you, but maybe not fully understanding what are the ways out. And also, what are the ways to repair, you know, the unhealthy relationship? So I believe that most of the things that people say for are things of fear, self-esteem, finances, beliefs, time investment, an obligation. And one of the last things that people say for is the fear of being alone. People just do not want to be in a situation where they're going to be alone. So they'll stay in an unhealthy relationship even if, even if they, they know that it's not happy. They feel like, well, I don't know, you know, exactly what I'm supposed to do if, if I do go. So those are just the beginning of some of those things. Okay. And I think we have someone who has a question that's online, and uh, that's Q from Atlanta. Q, go ahead with your question for the show. Hey, how you doing? Quick question. Um, 
but but before I, I, I ask, let me just make this quick 20-second statement. I don't believe that people go into these relationships blind. I think they go in hoping to manipulate. Let me say that again, hoping to manipulate. It's only the pure of heart, the most sincere people who go in hoping to give. But with that said, if you believe that these relationships are unhealthy, then why do people go into it? Why not just stay in a situation of self-edification? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good question. I, I find a lot of people that go into relationships because they feel like, I don't know if I want to use the word manipulation, but they, they get a little bit something out of their relationship. They have, you know, they feel like it meets some needs, if not all of their needs. And I also don't believe people clearly understand somebody else's thoughts for what they will really mean or what they could really mean to them long term. So you end up with people who maybe miss a sign or they feel like they can change somebody or they feel like, um, well, at least I'm going to get something out of their relationship. And so they, they figure they'll stay in it until something better comes along and then they'll get what they can from the relationship. You know, Q, I'll also add, sometimes people don't know the relationship they're in is unhealthy, okay? So they may be in the midst of the, the relationship, and people around them, they can see that the person they love, their friend, is taking a step backwards. You know, they're deteriorating. They're in an unhealthy relationship. But the person, while they're in the middle of it, they may not know that they're in an unhealthy relationship. They may think everything is fine. They're acting the way they've always acted. They're behaving the way they're always behaving. The other relationships are still strong, but they're really not, but they may not know it. Absolutely. I, I will agree. In, in, in both both parts of what you said, more so uh, her her part is, is, is very valid because I totally agree. But I will suggest, because I've seen friends do it, uh, I have a little bit more conversation in my throat to not allow myself to be put in a situation. But I will say that I don't think that second part that you say is 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 more so true because people know what's edifying and nurturing them. People tend to want to, and not all people, of course, but people want to tend to let their fantasy dictate their reality. The girl with the big breasts, knowing that she has no value towards your life and your circle. The guy who is six foot three, knowing that he's not keeping an umbrella over your head. You're working twice as hard as treating him as a third child. You, you you know these things or not, but you want the fantasy so much that you entertain it. And I'll back up and listen. But, Q, wouldn't you say that most people are fed the fairy tale, that you, you kind of get somebody, you guys hop off and you live happily ever, happily ever after, or at least you pretend to? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are trying to maybe one-up their sister who got married a year younger than them or – to somebody that, yeah, I can get a man and keep a man, even if, you know, he's not working and I have to pay all the bills. Or I can pull the pretty girl, I can pull a prettier girl than you. I mean, I feel like a lot of relationships are also based on showing people that you can get a trophy in your life um, in some way and it can make you feel better about yourself. Absolutely. I will say this. Having lived overseas in my 20s, one thing I see different from outside of America as opposed to inside of America, the relationships outside of America are stronger, more founded, and most of the time they or their children end up becoming the employers of us or our children because they look at success as 
the family mechanism. We look at success not in totality but majority of us in what you just described. And so we get caught up in these little minute things while the strength of of a successful family who's building a scrapbook together cannot be measured, but they are found in the eyes of the kids who end up growing, seeing that love, that at, at, at least admiration or dealing with each other many times, not even love, just dealing with each other. We tend to poison our children through our self-edification, but that's just my thought. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a very good point, but I think if we look at American culture in general, um, I don't know if a lot of people see a lot of healthy relationships and if they know how to, if we know how to measure success in more than just the monetary way. Are we looking at what are, what legacy are we teaching our children about what families look like and what it looks like to move forward happily? Are we teaching our kids what is a struggle? Like if, if your spouse gains 10 pounds and you don't like that, do you dump that one and get a new one? Or do you work through a project together? So, Hugh, I think you've raised some very important points, and I think that's food for thought for the audience. If you're in these unhealthy relationships and if you knew it going in, and I do, I mean, I really do agree a lot with you that a lot of times we know what we're getting into, but I just don't think we understand it in the totality of what it really means to start a relationship off with someone, thinking maybe that you can change them or you can get something from them, because once you get entangled, it's really hard to get unentangled. So, you know, I think, Dr. Well, you make a very good point about people thinking that they can change people. I mean, the thing they go into it, they say, I see a little bit of glimmer of hope in the person. You know, the person's not all bad. You know, I see some 10% good in the person. Yeah, I'm going to bring out the best in them. I'm going to make them an 80% good person, that type of thing. So they go into it thinking there's a little bit of good in it, but I'm going to bring them all out, and that person or that woman is going to be the ideal person for me. I want I get through with it. Mm-hmm. All right. So thanks, Keith, for your comments and your questions. And there's you had about uh, about ten things that you write about why women stay in unhealthy relationships. Yeah, I want to go through this. This is from uh, BeyondJane.com about relationships and dating and ten reasons why women stay in unhealthy relationships. Kind of go through a couple of these here, okay? One reason she stays is she isn't up for the challenge of starting her, her life over, just the emotion, the physicality of things you have to go through to make that change. You know, it's emotional draining. You're starting over. She may not be ready to do that, Okay. Number two, she can't handle the fact that another woman might take her place and materially gain for what she has already put time for. That's kind of like, she's, like you mentioned before. She's already put the investment in it. Why, when, when I'm about to reach the, reach the crop, read all the benefits, then I'm going to leave. Why not stay like finishing and I can get what I have come to me? Mm-hmm. But that's the decision she has to make. Number three, she doesn't want to leave her children uh, with him allow someone else to raise them. Okay, mm-hmm. that definitely that could throw some different mix in there when children are in there and not just single and not just dating. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's another aspect of the relationship. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the timing is not right to leave. The person may have just had surgery, may have had some uh, close death in the family, may have just got over a pregnancy, so the timing may not be right to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, the money isn't right. We talked about that before. We talked Absolutely. about that. Finances have a big part in that, obviously. But I think a lot of, I want to stop with the finances thing. That's one of the biggest, separated, the biggest issues that couples come to me and say that they have is the finances aren't where they want them to be. And many people leave because of finances, but many people stay because of finances. For example, generally in a marriage where there's not enough money, one person agrees to let their credit suffer. Okay. So once that person lets their credit suffer, how can he or she leave and, and get a place, get a car, get, you know, get other things? Right. It's, it's really difficult to do. It's really hard for them to start fresh. Absolutely. They can't get the place that they want or get the car they want. Why? Because they suffer, the, they allow their credit to suffer 
for the for the better the better of the relationship. Absolutely. And so and these are things to think about when you're getting into relationships. How how will we handle credit? Like if one of us doesn't have all the money, what will we do? Who's gonna sacrifice? And if, if one makes that sacrifice, how long will it take for them to recoup their investment, so to speak, before they move forward? Good one. Good one. Uh number six, uh she stays out of spite. You know, there's some mean things that have been said back and forth. He wants the woman to leave, but she says, you know, I'm going to stay here just to spite you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, let me just, let's be real for a second. A lot of people stay out of spite. A lot of men, and oh, please. I'm staying they here. They stay because they mean and evil and hate And they want to rain down terror on the other person. And I think that in those circumstances, you see some, some very uh, aggressively unhappy marriages. Name calling. You wouldn't believe the name calling I hear about. How you're... One day your wife is sweet pea, the next day she's the biggest beast of the world. You know what I mean? And people are really saying those things to each other. People, I have seen couples basically demean and curse each other out and then, like, stay together because, look, um, I, I, I'm just not, not going to go. I'm not going to give you the pleasure of having an easy life after you've ruined the last five of my years. So I, you gave me heck for five, I'm about to give you heck for five more back. Come, come on right back after me. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, that's, and I would say 50 for five. Really? Men and women, so like this are so not even just, just no, not even no, the women, no. the men both. No. Some people are just too mean to go, and they just cannot. They couldn't stand to see her or him get with somebody and be happy. They stay, and they, I know somebody seventeen years of marriage, staying out of spite. So, so what's the spite for people apparently? Absolutely. Okay, okay. Number seven, she hopes that things will get better. Just keep you know keep hope alive. We hope things are gonna get better. I know it's gonna turn around. I know it's been twenty years. He's gonna change. I know the twenty. I know she's gonna change. Keep keeping that hope alive. But, but a lot of it is what, like what the caller Q said, it's a manipulation. A lot of times people feel like I can say, and and you're you're perfect. I love you now, change. But let's let's, let's make some changes, right? right? You know. And what happens is most people don't want you to mold them <laughs> like that. And even if they let you mold them, then they resent you for it. Absolutely, because then they're not being true to who they are. Correct. And then you change the person enough or they will, they're willing to change as much as you want them to, and then what happens? I have guys and girls come to me and say, he or she is just not the person I married. Wow. They're so different. And then the other one says, but you wanted me to cut my hair, so I did. You want me to buff, buff up, so I did. You wanted me to become vegan, so I did. This and is now, what you Right. Now you want steak. And now you don't mind if, you know, if my hair is, is long or short, those kinds of things. Mm. So those kinds of things happen a lot. Okay. Number eight. Uh, she's convinced by others that she should stay, okay? So maybe others' expectations or belief systems saying that she should stay that, you know, mom or dad, brother, sister, post friend, hey, you need to stay. Hey, guy, you need to stay. Stay by your woman, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Well, there's, you know, two buckets you can be in in a relationship. The bitter bucket where you're bitter and everything he or she does makes you upset or the better bucket. Sometimes our friends say things like, look, there's nothing else out there. Why go? You might as well say it's kind of like the comment you made, the devil you know is better than the angel that you don't know. Right. Um, and, and there's, you know, I can see both sides of that. But I will say this in a relationship. If you're in an unhealthy relationship, before you seek counsel with your friend girl or before you seek counsel with, with your mama, mm-hmm. you might want to talk to a clinician that can actually help you establish a healthy relationship. And most people are so unhealthy, they wouldn't know a healthy relationship if it smacks them in the face anyway. Because they don't really know what a healthy relationship Absolutely is. Absolutely not. Now, you know, that has a, that's a key point. If you, like, say you grew up in a household where the household was filled with an unhealthy family atmosphere, okay? So maybe mom and dad were going back and forth and they had an unhealthy relationship. You grew up in that. 
You may not know what a real healthy relationship is. Well, it's called dysfunction, and it's the basis of the field of psychology. That almost every household is dysfunctional. Um, some are more dysfunctional than others. Some dysfunction is okay. Some okay. dysfunction is not okay. And some people can deal with the dysfunction, but let me tell you this. Whatever dysfunction people grow up with, a lot of the times they recreate them when they get married because people sometimes are not strong enough. Well, I'm not going to say we're strong. Don't know or have enough skill to change their patterns of behavior so that they don't recreate the same drama that they grew up with. That's not easy to do. You know, in, in, I guess whenever it's the confusion of what to do, you go back to a default, right? We all have a default. This is the way, I, you know, when, when things get kind of gray, I go back to a default. Okay? Absolutely. So I, when things are clear, I'm not sure exactly where to go. What I do as a kid, I kind of go back to what I grew up in my house. So this is, I'm going to go back to this. When I, when I grew up, my dad was a wordsmith, so you could ask him a direct question. <laughs> and he, by the time you got there, you were like, I don't even know what I asked. Right. Right? And so that was one of the ways I knew how to get out of stuff in school. You ask me a question, I'm bobbing, I'm weaving, I'm up, I'm down, I'm in, I'm out, hey, you know what I mean? Okay. It's just a base behavior that you can learn to do. It takes energy to say, well, why don't I just answer the question? Because when you see role models doing certain things, you want to repeat what the role models do. Yeah. It's like the story where the lady learns how to make a um, ham from her mother or a turkey from her mother, and she says, well, Grandma always cut off a half of it and threw it away and cooked the other half. And so right. everybody's like, well, why did she do that? So you ask Grandma, she says, because my pot was never big enough to cook the whole thing, so I always cut it in half. But the girl that took the recipe thought, step one, cut turkey in half. Right. Like, give me, it didn't That's even occur to her. Right. But it wasn't. It was just a habit that her grandmother had because she had a pot that was too small. There you go. So if you see parents arguing over money, and never having enough, you just start to assume in relationships nobody has enough money and it's always going to be a fight and it's okay. If you if you grow up with two parents that share an account, then you feel like, well, we're supposed to share an account. If you grow up with parents that, like, I've, I've known people that say, my mom or my dad paid all the bills and then the other parent kind of bought shoes or whatever they want to do with that money and right. that's the way that they think it is. I know people that say, I think a man should earn all the money. Then I know men that say, well, in my household, my mom earned all the money, so I don't think a man needs to earn all that money. It's just all about the culture of the home that they grew up in and what they want to recreate as a new culture in their home. Right. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of uh, focus. You have to make a decision. Guess what? I'm going to set a new standard. I'm going to have my own standard. I'll take input from my history, from my readings, my belief system, uh, you know, and come up with my own, but it takes a lot of work and effort to do that. And a lot of honesty, a lot of knowing oneself. And I think so many times we don't really want to be honest about who we are, even with ourselves. So you see a lot of defense in conversations when somebody says, listen, you hurt my feelings when you said this. Instead of that person go, oh, I'm sorry to do that. It's, you know, you're too sensitive. How's the conversation trying to be, be about you? What about what I was thinking? So a lot of times people aren't able to stand the rationale of the other person or hear what they have to say. So they, they kind of push off that reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that results in a lack of awareness for that individual within a lack of ability for the relationship to grow. And so it just perpetually stays unhealthy, and sometimes you have a good time with the unhealthiness and sometimes you don't. Good point. Very good point. Uh, number nine is two more on this one. Uh, she doesn't want to work, so maybe she's staying at home. She's able to do that in the relationship. Or he doesn't want to work. Or he doesn't want this to work. This is 2014. I know so many house dads. It's unbelievable. And, like, when I was a kid, you just didn't have stay-at-home dads. I mean, like, they made comedies about that in the 80s. Right. You know? And, man, and sometimes we're talking about, like, not even dads. You know, this is a beneficial for the family. This is, you know, I just don't want to I'm a lazy guy. I just want to stay home and hang out. 
There are so many guys I know that sleep all day. I mean, like, I used to know this guy. He was the greatest guy. He used to walk his wife to the bus stop every day to go to work and then go back home and lay down because that was what he did, and that's how they made their relationship work. And he got frustrated when she one day was like, I'm tired of being the sole provider. And he was like, but that's how it's always been. Right. Because he was comfortable with the unhealthiness, and for, like, 15 years she perpetuated it. Right. She got up every day and went to work, paid all the bills, and cut him an allowance. And he would come home, let me cook some pasta. So, so, but, but she was the belly, She was help, happy with it also. No, she wasn't. But she just didn't want to not have a man. So oh, like, but okay. he was very, you know, that's one of the things that happens in my area, well, where I grew up. The dude was really attentive to that working woman. He okay. just, you know, like it's different now, men yelling, screaming, push around a woman that works. When I was a kid back in the day, if you didn't work, you were so sweet to that fish. Like, right. Right. I made you some fried chicken. My, my, right. my grandmama came up with that recipe. And so people, you know, got used to that behavior, but it was still unhealthy. Okay. The last one on this one, the last one list, she fears what might happen if she leaves. Just, you know, fear the unknown. Absolutely. So it goes down to being afraid, self-esteem, finances, belief systems, time investment, obligations, and nobody really wants to be alone. Like you, you see people that say, I'm alone by choice. Usually not. Usually not. Usually mm. people don't want to be alone, but they're, they've gotten hurt so many times they decide just to be. Some of the reasons that people stay in unhealthy relationships, look at your relationship and tell me why you stay. Email us, Facebook us, and tell me why you stay. So have a great evening. Thank you, folks. Have a great week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.